two middle school Satan worshippers try to enact a terrible plan. And then we look at the conspiracy that is called God Was Raped, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. This is the season finale for season two. So after this, we're going to be taking a week-long break. I hope you guys stick with me. You guys should be seeing notifications in a week. What is that? November 5th is when I'm taking my break. So seven days after that, November 12th. Hey, yeah. So we'll be back here on November 12th. I hope you guys have a great time. I just needed some uh, time off there. So... I, you know, yesterday's episode was uh, pretty fun. I had a lot of fun with the paranormal porn stars, and they actually hit me up on Twitter, and they said thanks for the shout-out, and that was really cool. And if I uh, ever needed any help, uh, plug in the show, and I said, uh, let the same, you know? So I didn't know this at the time. I went, and I they had some YouTube videos up, and I was watching them. Now, they did have the spirit box thing, which we've discussed before. They did have a clip of a curtain moving, and it appeared the windows was closed. So, you know, at least they're putting content out there. They're putting ghost hunting content out there. So that that's cool. We'll see what comes of it. I would really like to see them. And that's one thing I messaged them is I hope you guys find some proof of ghosts. Because, again, I'd like to see some good proof of ghosts. And I'd also like to see them send up the paranormal groups that have been operation for decades to get beaten by this group of newcomers. So that would be that's not a pun either. That would be really cool. So, but yeah, yesterday was fun. We had Ghost Baby and we had Paranormal Porn Stars. And if I had planned stuff out better, probably wouldn't be this way. Because last night's episode was a lot of fun. And this night's episode is quite grim. One of the stories just kind of fell in my lap. And the other one I'd been working on for a while. I, it's one of it's a conspiracy iceberg story, so I had to do more research on it. But we're gonna go ahead and present it, and it'll it'll be a good way to end the season. Um, but it's just a little bit darker than yesterday's episode. Actually, before we get started with the first story, I want to let you guys know how much it means to me that you guys are enjoying the show. I love the feedback. It's it's growing faster than I could have ever imagined, and I'm really humbled to think that so many people are into this show. It's really, really great, and I'm getting art from people, and I'm getting kudos from people, and it's just an ama- it's been an amazing ride so far, and we're just getting started. We're, we are just getting started with Dead Rabbit Radio. So let's go ahead and jump into the first story here. Now, the first story just happened on October 24th. This is very, very recent, and I just found out about it today. Now, what it is, I guess this is, this is kind of lighthearted. I think it's funny, but it's pretty grim if you really kind of step back and think about it. So... At uh, Bartlow Middle School, which is in Florida, a student got wind of something and went to a teacher and said, teacher, I think something bad is going to happen today. And the teacher goes to the principal and the principal calls in the school resource officer, which I think is just a term for like a security guard or a cop. And they start looking for these two girls who hadn't been in a class. So they were looking for them anyways. And they find them in the restroom. I'm assuming it was a girl's restroom. That's totally not clear, but they were definitely in the restroom. And what these girls had planned was terrifying. So the girls got arrested and the police went through their text messages and they came across what they had heard from the student was that these girls had a plan. They were going to attack students as they came into the bathroom, the smaller students, because of course serial killers can't take on real threats. They're going to attack students who came into the bathroom. They were going to stab them and then drink their blood and eat their flesh. And then once they got to say, for some, the article says up to 15 students. I don't know why that's such an arbitrary number, but 
Once they got to a certain number of students, they were then going to throw body parts outside of the school and then kill themselves. That was their plan. Now, these two girls aren't being named. I'm sure that'll change because even the Slenderman girls, the girls who tried killing the other girl to get into Slenderman's mansion, their names eventually leaked. So I'm sure these girls' names will leak as well. But so that was their plan. And when they got arrested, uh, the cops, you know, obviously were interrogating them. And they said they were doing this for Satan. So they had this belief that this was some sort of offering to Satan. And I've talked about Satan worshippers in the past. There are two types of Satan worshippers. There's people like this, these girls. And then there are people who are call themselves Satan worshippers or more, more, probably more aptly, you know, um, Satanists which basically they're just humanists. They're people who believe in the pleasures of the flesh, but even they have fairly strict rules about animal sacrifice and human sacrifice and things like that. So when you hear about Church of Satan, that's not what they're... They're not referring to lunatics like this. The Church of Satan is an actual legitimate religion, and I went over that on my anti-cosmic Satanism episode as well, but I think it's important to make those distinctions. These girls had a very, very limited view of the theology of Satan worship, and also piss-poor planning. So I left out a key detail. I said that they found the girls in the restroom and then they were arrested by the police. And you're like, well, that's it. Girls are allowed to use the restroom, right? That's not... They were caught with weapons in the restroom. Now, the weapons they had were butcher knives. That's fair. I mean, if you plan on stabbing people and eating their flesh, I could see bringing butcher knives to the party. They also had a pizza cutter. Now, despite the word cutter in the term a pizza cutter when have you ever even been able to cut a pizza properly with a pizza cutter you always just like oh oh you just really got to go at it to get through that crust they really i mean that's the level of planning that went into this that with two girls they're 11 and 12 years old they thought that you could use a pizza cutter to one kill a person and two to cut them up i don't think a pizza cutter you would have to sharpen that so sharp for that to be effective in any way, shape, or form. And then even then, uh, listen, if you're going to do like a mass murder thing like this, you may not want to do it in a restroom because as you're chopping up one body, someone else is going to walk in. That's just the way it is. And then you got to chase that person and now you're running through. I'm glad I'm giving tips to young murdering girls, but terrible plan. Absolutely terrible plan. Now, I've always had this theory. And we read about this a lot in failed school shootings or or school bombings or school stabbings or school cannibalism. There's always a student, not always, but for the most part, there is a student that comes forward and reveals the plans. I have a theory. I call it the 21 Jump Street theory. I believe that all over America in high schools, there are, maybe not all over America, but I believe that in some high schools, there are actually undercover agents who look for this stuff. Because I, I noticed this trend back in the early 2000s where you would have three kids, you would have two kids caught for trying to blow up a school and they would get um, ratted out. I don't want to use that. Well, yeah, ratted out by a third student. And, and let me f- say this right now. D- don't ever shoot up a school or anywhere. It's terrible. And like I said, you're throwing your life away. But I've always had this theory that because we do this with terrorists where we'll have a guy show up and he's like, Hey, you want to buy this bomb from me? And the terrorists will go, yeah, sure. And then the feds come in and arrest them. Or 
someone will go in and he'll find four guys and say, hey, you know what, I really hate the government. You know what we should do? We should blow it up. You should print out plans to build a bomb and you should run a truck and you should buy the supplies and it's all a government sting. And the question always is, would those four guys have ever thought about building a bomb on their own without the agent coming in and selling it. And I've wondered about that off and on over the years about these. Obviously, there are real school shootings and they're absolutely tragic. But I've always wondered if if they are they have operations like that in high schools where an undercover agent goes to a high school, identifies kind of like the loner kids and starts getting them talking about, oh, yeah, we should shoot up the school. You draw plans and they get them all excited about the idea. And then the agent goes, those are the two kids who are planning on blowing up the school. And the feds come in and they rest it in this big, this big deal. If they are doing that, I can understand on one hand that they may figure these kids are going to blow up the school anyways. Our agent didn't actually make them make these plans. On the other side, it's possible that they weren't going to blow up the school and they got excited about the idea. But once you get to the planning stage, you've crossed a lot of lines and that's where a lot of these guys get caught. Now, having an undercover agent at a middle school might be a little bit tricky. But in a high school, I could see that happening. In a high school, I could see an undercover agent going in, pretending to be one of the outsiders, and checking to see if anyone else is on the fringes, if anyone else is, you know, ready to blow, and they just get enough information, and then they report them. So I don't know. The other, the other theory, I mean, obviously that's a conspiracy theory, and I have absolutely no evidence to back any of that up. It's just a hunch. It's far more likely that three kids start planning about something and then one gets cold feet, rightfully so, because it's a horrific act. Or the, the kid or kids who are planning on doing this thing, they have big mouths and they end up telling somebody and then that person, again, rightfully so, rats them out. Now, I'm not trying to use the word rat as a derogatory here. I, that's just, uh, what's the other word? Informs or, um, yeah, I just can't think of another word for it right off the top of my head. So, yeah. These two middle... Could you imagine if that had happened? Could you imagine the horror and shock if their plan had been successful? Two middle, middle school girls eating up to 15 kids as they wandered into the bathroom one at a time and then killing themselves on the front step of the school. Could you imagine the sheer horror that the world would have to deal with when faced with that kind of evil? It would have been beyond shocking. So I'm glad that they got caught, and I'm glad that it was put to an end very quickly and peacefully, and don't bring a pizza cutter to a murder scene. It's not going to help you one way or the other. So the next thing I want to talk about, if you thought that story was dark, and it was fairly dark, but it had a happy ending, not for the girls, they're screwed, but the next story comes from our conspiracy iceberg. It's something that I've gotten a lot of requests on, and it's fairly dark because the imagery is fairly dark. The ideas behind it are dark. And it is the phrase, God was raped. God was raped appears on some of the earlier conspiracy icebergs. And very quickly, people were throwing out ideas for what it was. But God was raped really only has maybe two or three hypotheses of what that phrase actually means. Let's go ahead and break it down and I'll give my analysis for what I think is going on. So the first one is that that there's God and then there's other cosmic beings. And God was raped by one of these other cosmic beings. And we are the product of that. Humanity is the product of that rape. He basically gave birth to us. And that's the reason why God is such a dick to us over the years, over the millennia. 
because we're basically like his rape children. Now, while rape does play a large part in some mythology, the Greek gods raped an awful lot. You know, that I read that one, I read that theory, and I was like, I think there's more to it, because there's there would be nothing to really back that up in that God was violated in that way by another cosmic being. You'd have to imagine then there was a cosmic being on God's level or even more powerful. And because this, when we're saying God, we're really restricting ourselves to the Western idea of God. So Judaism and Christianity and Islam. So I don't really think that that's the case. But it's an interesting note. And again, I'll touch on this later, but I don't necessarily think God in that sense has turned his back on humanity. Now, the second theory is a more interesting one, because there is a little bit of biblical basis of this one. And that is the idea that... So we know when... Let's back up for a second. So the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So a quick paraphrase of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham was pleading with God. God was basically like, you know what? I'm done with the city of Sodom because there are two separate cities. God was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm so done. It's just such a wicked place. Everyone is super rude there and they commit a bunch of crimes and they don't treat foreigners with any respect. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Now, Abraham was like, God, listen, you you can't destroy the city. And basically God goes, okay, tell you what. If you can find me 50 righteous people in that city, I'll spare it. And now Abraham starts to basically negotiate with them. And he's like, tell you what, what if I can only find 40? And so God goes, okay, you know what, 40. If you can find at least 40 people, I won't destroy it. Then Abraham goes, "Mm, what if I can only find 30 people? And so they negotiate down. They negotiate it down to 10 people. So basically, if God says, if I can find 10 people in this town, then I'm good. I won't destroy it. And then God sends his angels into the city of Sodom. And when, they're, when they show up, they're disguised as normal people. When they show up, Lot is sitting outside the gate. And, they, and Lot's like, oh my God, dude, you dudes are rock. Why don't you come into the city and we'll hang out and I'll show you how good this town can be. So they go to Lot's house and they're just chilling in there. And what happens is a bunch of dudes show outside and start banging on Lot's door. And they're like, let us in, let us in. We want to like we want to bang the dudes that just came in your house. And Lot's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like these people are special. And the people are like, no, dude, we want to have sex with them. Let us in. And then in one of the most curious parts of the Bible, Lot says, so Lot is there with his Lot is there with the two angels, his two daughters, and his wife. And Lot goes, tell you what, guys, there's your pounding on the door like The Walking Dead. Lot goes, tell you what. You cannot, under any circumstances, have sex with these two dudes who just came in from out of town. However, I have two virgin daughters I will gladly give you if you leave these guys alone. What? That's such a weird thing. But see, the thing, the, the, the thing that gets lost a lot in the story of Sodom, one of the things that made God very mad, it was a big part of Sodom's sin, in, according to the Bible, was the fact that they were rude to travelers. That people would come there to visit and they would get stabbed or stuff stolen from them or raped or all sorts of stuff. And that it was a thing. Like if somebody comes into your home or comes into your city, you should treat them as family. So the fact that Lot was saying you can't hurt these travelers, because Lot didn't know they're angels. Lot said you can't hurt these travelers. You can't hurt these travelers. And Lot says, listen, they're in my house. I cannot let you hurt them. They're from out of town and they're in my house. You can't hurt them. Here, have sex with my virgin daughters. 
And that was considered because he was basically those... It's, it's so bizarre. It's such a weird little aside. But the fact that the, the city of Sodom, they were being rude to outsiders was actually one of their biggest sins. So anyways, and, you know, the, the rape. that That is part of that, too. So what happens is the angels eventually end up blinding the people outside using their powers to blind the people outside. And at that point, God was like, you know what, Lot, take your family, get out of town, and whatever you do, don't turn around. Just leave. Don't turn around and watch what's happening. So Lot and his wife and his two daughters take off out of town, out of Sodom, and the city is, by all accounts, just nuked. It's vaporized. And Lot's wife turns around and looks, and she turns into a pillar of salt. So she's gone. And people have thought, well, maybe that was some sort of nuclear blast, because what else would turn a person to salt? Well, I don't know, but looking at a nuclear blast sure won't turn you into salt. And then, of course, as an even odd, you know, cap to this story, Lot passes out at some point, and both of his daughters have sex with him and give birth to his sons, their grandkids. So it's to keep the family line going because the mom was dead. So the two daughters seduced, well, didn't seduce him. Basically, they raped him. He was asleep. A lot of rape in this part of the Bible. Now, the story, I told, I paraphrased basically Genesis 18 and 19 for you. But this is where the God was raped story comes from. So God says, let me read you the exact passage here. So this is Genesis 18. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. So what's interesting about that is that he's, God's saying that he's going to visit Sodom. And this is from the King James Version. So, and then we finish out 18 where he's having this debate with Abraham over how many people, good people he has to find. And then when we go into Genesis 19, it just starts off with the two angels showing up outside of town. The theory is this, that in the original version, if you look at the original translations of this, is that it was God who went into Sodom and the story ended up a little bit differently. So that God visited Sodom and he saw the wickedness. He was at Lot's house. The guys were banging on the door and they raped him. And then they say, one of the theories is that then the story got changed. So it was, God said, I'm going into town, but the angels went into town. The angels got raped and God destroys the city. And now the version that we see in the Bible is, God says he's going down, but he sends his angels down instead. They don't get raped and God destroys the city. Now, we do know when we look at stuff like the Council of Nicaea, the Bible has been edited by man. And books have been deleted from the Bible that they feel didn't really fit the 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 vibe that they were going for, I guess is a good way to put it, as good as any. So the idea that there are parts of the Bible that have been modified is not a very controversial idea among most theologians. I did try looking up other times when angels blinded people. So I looked for another part of the Bible where an angel used the power of blindness over people. And I personally couldn't find one. It may be out there. The other character who definitely does get blinded is Saul. Eventually he becomes Paul when he becomes a follower of Jesus. And actually, so what happened was Saul was uh, hunting Jesus and persecuting Christians. 
And he heard a voice, a disembodied voice, say, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, what the hell? Where's that coming from? And the guy's like, I'm Jesus. And then he blinds Saul. And then eventually Saul becomes Paul. His vision is restored. And it's like, now he can see the real, he can see the, the beauty of God and the beauty of Christ. Now, the Holy Trinity, God is Jesus and Jesus is the Holy Spirit and all of that stuff. So the only people who I've seen, and I could be wrong on this, that have the power to blind people in the Bible is God or Jesus. And again, if somebody wants to correct me on that, I'm 100% behind being corrected on that. So it makes the story of the angels having the power to blind the crowd outside a little weird. So we have two things. We have God saying, I'm going to go into the city. And we have a bunch of people being blinded, which we've seen God slash Jesus do that in other parts of the Bible. Is it possible that the Bible has been modified, that it was God who went into the city of Sodom himself and almost was raped? Is it possible that the Bible has changed so much that God did go into the city, actually get raped, and then blow up the city? I, You know, it's not like Sodom and Gomorrah were the only cities where evil was happening. God really had a beef with these towns. Like, it really, really stuck in his craw that these guys were operating the way that they did. And if God takes a physical form, I guess that is possible. So... It, but then again, if he has the power to blind people, I don't really think they would be very effective rapists, especially if he can blind a whole group of them. But the phrase God was raped may just be based on the idea that God was in the city of Sodom and he was almost raped. And I, th I think that theory holds more weight than the first one, because now we have biblical text we can look at. Now, I'm not a, a biblical scholar. I'm not a theologian. I don't speak Latin or Greek or Hebrew or any of these things. And this is something that people could go, oh, no, 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 you're real off basis. And again, I'm totally open to feedback. But I think that may be where the theory God was raped came from. But when I was researching this, I came across something very sad. And this interview was in 2005. So it definitely would predate the iceberg by, what, six, seven years so there was a young actress named Pamela Senna who was raped. And she gave this really interesting interview. So let me go ahead. So this was an interview that was going on. And I'm going to start off with a question and then her answer to it. So the question, so basically she believes that during the rape, she left her body. She had a little altar to God placed in her house. And during the rape, she kind of disembodied herself and she walked over to the altar now, this is the question. You explained that you left your body to walk over to the altar where God lived in your home and repeatedly pleaded with him to help you, but to no avail. Clearly, up to this point, you believed that he existed and that he could help you, but the torture didn't stop. So do you feel that he could have helped you, but chose not to? And this was her answer. Before the rape, I believed in him absolutely. So much so that when I reached that moment of realization of being absolutely powerless, I had the out-of-body experience that I wrote about in the book. Whatever small part of me believes that praying to God was redundant was explained to me by my mother, who believes that God was in that bed with me, crying at the potential for human cruelty. That God was also being raped with me, so how could he help me? There's some part of me that believes that. I think that is an interesting little piece of this puzzle. And it's the idea that 
God was raped because he's raped when every when anyone is raped. He dies when anybody dies. He hurts when anybody hurts. He's happy when anybody's happy and so on and so forth and so on. And I think that's the key component to, again, I'm not trying to name a particular deity. And that's why I've kind of set this about all kind of Western religions that believe. And even I think if you were a polytheist and you believe that there is this pantheon of gods, is that the I think the the problem that a lot of people have with religion is they go, how could God let babies die of AIDS in Africa? But I think that's not the point. I think the point is that he's dying with those children as well. It's not that he's immune to our suffering. He is, he suffers with us. So this young woman was being raped in her bed and he was there with her experiencing that because technically you're his child. So the same way that any parent would suffer seeing their children suffer, that's God, but he has the ability to unfortunately be there in those horrible moments. So God doesn't let little babies get AIDS and God doesn't let people get raped and God doesn't let you know, all these horrible things happen. God experiences those things on that level, if you believe in that. And I know not everybody believes in that. But I think that's the key. Technically, yeah, God was raped. God was raped every time any person was ever raped or beaten or bruised or hurt or whatever. Very, and, and so it's an interesting... I started off looking at this phrase and I was really clued in onto the story of Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and the angels and all that stuff, because I had heard that story growing up. But but I think Pamela Sinna's interview is more accurate to that phrase. Yes, God was raped because she was raped. And God is with her. And that is how you can take a cosmic, omniscient being and break him down to a level that we can understand. So he he's all powerful, but in that moment, he's just as vulnerable as his children, which I find mind blowing, honestly. So that's where I, I if I had to say what that theory was, what that phrase means, the kind of cool, interesting way to look at it is that God went to Sodom and he got raped and he blew the cities up. And if we could find, that's something that we could actually track back. If we could find the someone who's, who could read Hebrew or someone who could read Latin, they may be able to go through and go, oh yeah, there is some weird other parts of that text that don't really make sense. But I think that the idea that God not was raped, but God is raped, just, and God is killed and God is, mur- you know, God is, has stuff stolen, you know, God gets his Xbox stolen because you're like, oh, you know. God has walked out of his house and looked and his bicycle lock was broken. I think that's a more interesting way to kind of break down such a powerful character. So I think that's what what the phrase God was raped means on the iceberg. But doesn't mean that I'm 100%. If you guys have any feedback or any other ideas about it, I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, I know this episode's running a little bit long. But I promise you zombies... Here's some zombies. Crystal from Twitter. I suggest turning down your radio. We're going to go ahead and get started here. But before we do, just want to let you guys know, Dead Rabbit Radio, daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. 
Have a great one, guys. Okay, so we're back. Now, if you've, again, if you've been listening to, I had to take the song out. I performed a rap song here. So Dead World Part 1 and Dead World Part 2 is the story of a young, a story of, now he's not necessarily young, I guess, but it's a story of a man and his daughter trying to outrun a group of zombies in Sacramento. I ended up taking both of those songs out of the podcast because they do compl- contain a instrumental that I do not own now. And I explained this on the earlier edited episode, Dead World, when in the hip-hop world, a lot of times people rap over other other people's beats. It's It's kind of a normal thing. But when you start to get into the corporate world of podcasting and things like that, you don't really want to mess with copyrights. Now, the song has the songs have not disappeared. They're available on YouTube, and I'm going to include the YouTube link in the show notes if you want to go check those out. I really like them. I thought they were really cool, but, you know, maybe you don't like rap. Maybe you don't like me rapping, or maybe you don't like both. But anyway, so I did want to take that out because, again, I just wanted to stave off any trouble in the future. I didn't want to be way deep into the podcast and get a copyright claim notice and so on and so forth. And I think if you're going, if you've gone through the archives, this is going to be the last time we're going to do anything like this. You may notice things where I say, here, let's listen to this clip and no clip plays. That's because I ended up taking the clip out. Because I didn't, I didn't want to get. And again, in a court of law, it totally would have stood up as fair use because I would play a clip and comment on it and critique it and things like that. But I just didn't want to bother with the hassle. So we're we're going through season three forward. We're not going to be doing that. We're just going to be discussing things. It didn't really add a ton to it, anyways. The song did, I think. But yeah, we just want to be in the clear with all of our copyright stuff. Our all of our art we own, the intro and outro song we own, every song that you hear on the show we either own or it's stock music. It's free music that I find. So, yeah. Sorry it's a little bit of an anticlimactic for such a great episode. I really like this episode, so it's kind of anticlimactic, but I hope that you enjoyed it nonetheless. If you want to check out the music, click the YouTube link before. Now I'm going to go back into the future, and I hope you'll join me then. See you guys later.